Hey everybody, welcome to episode 39 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I've got a great episode for you this week. I have Nikki Bondura, also known as Nikki B. She is a Golf Channel correspondent and the co-host of the Golf Channel's School of Golf, joining the show this week with me. I uh, had a really good chat with her. Nikki played her college golf at Sacramento State. Uh, she actually won the first season of Golf Channel's Shot Makers in 2018. Uh, she's involved with the first tee. She is also a podcast host for the pregame with Kat and Nikki, and just recently founded Nikki B Golf Academy. So really excited to have Nikki on. Um, she's a bubbling personality. She's super passionate about the game of golf. Uh, super passionate about growing the game. Um, hence the the reason for starting the Golf Academy. So she's got a lot of really cool stuff going on there, which we're going to get into. Uh, and we're going to talk about just her background and her intro to golf, uh, you know, what that looked like. She was a multi-sport athlete, but then, you know, narrowed the focus down and, you know, really took a liking to golf. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her relationship with her dad growing up and, you know, how that played a role in the game of golf. Uh, she's got a couple very specific tips, pieces of advice for parents and players that are listening um, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Nikki's got a great personality. She's energetic. She's fun. Uh, you guys are really going to enjoy this chat. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we do, I want to thank you guys. I uh, really appreciate you tuning in every week. I appreciate you listening. Um, appreciate your feedback also. I've been receiving lots of notes, some emails, some direct messages. And uh, it really helps me to kind of figure out you know, where to take this thing, what's going to create the most value for you guys. So please keep doing that. I encourage you, email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on uh, at Junior Golf Keys on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, just put up a YouTube channel as well, and I've also got a page on LinkedIn. So uh, really just trying to expand, trying to hit all the platforms, trying to push out some information to supplement you know, what you guys are receiving on this podcast in terms of value. And, you know, hopefully that's what we're doing is bringing value so that you guys can continue to find new ways, uh, more effective ways to navigate your junior golf journey, whether you're a parent helping your player um, or if you're a young player listening, just trying to get some advice about how to navigate the world of junior golf. Uh, hopefully you're receiving a lot of that good advice here. So uh, really appreciate you guys. Um, before we get into the show, I've got a word from one of our sponsors. All right, before we get into this episode, I want to tell you about my partner, Golf Kicks. They've changed the game to help you bring your off-the-course shoe game on the course. They've got golf spikes that you can install on almost any pair of shoes. They've won some innovation awards with Golf Digest, My Golf Spy, and you might have even seen them closing a deal with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. So it doesn't matter if you're a competitive junior, a weekend amateur, or you're teeing it up on the professional circuit, Golf Kicks adds some flavor and functionality to your game. And if you head over to golfkicks.com and use the promo code JGK20, they'll give you 20% off your order today. Now let's get to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. I've got Nikki B with me today. Nikki, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm great. I really appreciate you doing this with me today. I'm very excited to be on here. So thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no problem. Let's uh, see if we can bring some value to these junior golf families that are out there. 
Um, if you would, can you maybe just start off with telling us a little bit about your background and how you got introduced to the game of golf? Yeah. So uh, like many young golfers, I got introduced to the game from my dad. Um, but let me tell you, at first, I did not like it. I When I got introduced to it, you know, I went to junior camps, you know, when I was young, like five, six years old, and I hated it. Um, granted, I did you know, I remember there was a junior camp where I like I won the putting contest or whatever it was. And I was really good um, for for hating it. So it was kind of a natural. <laughs> um, so I think it runs in my blood. Obviously, my dad's an avid golfer and he should have turned pro himself. Um, but yeah, I, I hated it when I was younger. And it really wasn't, you know, I thought it was daddy's sport with his friends because I really only went out to the golf course with my dad and his friends. I really never saw young female golfers on the golf course. Um, and so it wasn't until he brought me to an LPGA tournament when I was 11 years old. Uh, and at that tournament, you know, I saw all the women playing golf and, and I was just like mesmerized and I was especially captivated by Natalie Golpus. And the reason why is um, the tournament was actually held in Auburn, California, which is, you know, about 30 minutes of where I grew up in Eldorado Hills, California. And um, I remember you know, she, she was from that area. So I think she was originally from like Granite Bay. Um, okay. so she's from that Northern California area and she was so kind, so cool. Um, it was just, and you know, she was actually, in my opinion, as a, an 11 year old girl who liked fashion and all that stuff, she was the cutest dressed out there. She was like a <laughs> tall blonde girl. So I just really like, I took a liking to her, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, like she's dressed is so cute. And she's from the Sacramento area. Um, and so we actually, we went up to her and asked for a photo. And of course, I think back then we had one of those disposable cameras and sure. or whatever it was, maybe we had a digital camera at that time. I'm not sure, but, um, some, we figured out that the photo didn't turn out. So my dad, he had to go back, run up to her and ask to take another one. And she was so gracious, so kind. She, you know, took the extra time to take another photo and she really just left a lasting impression on me. So that's really what intrigued me to start playing the game. And I, you know, by watching her on the golf course that day, I realized like, oh, wow, like one girls play golf and two, like you can make a career out of it, which I thought was so cool. So um, it was really in that moment where I decided like, okay, this might be a thing. And I, I ended up quitting all my other sports. I was doing basketball. I was doing soccer. I was doing musical theater. I quit all those things and I decided to go full force into golf. And of course my dad was on cloud nine. Sure. I bet he was. No, that's great. <laughs> I love that story. I love to hear uh, you know, those experiences, I, I think we've all, those of us that love golf and have, you know, continued on in the industry and stuff. I mean, we've all got moments like that, um, where we can, you know, kind of look back. I remember getting pulled out onto a putting green in a practice round at a PGA event at a TPC Sugarloaf with one of my buddies. And, uh, we had to have a putting contest for the, the last ball in the bag. So the caddy said, <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are fun experiences, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about your journey. Yeah. So um, from there, I, you know, I started playing a little bit more avidly. Um, I, you know, it wasn't just like a once every couple month thing. It was kind of more uh, like weekly thing. And then I actually, my dad got me a coach um, at the little golf course at the bottom of our hill. And uh, the great thing was it was the summer before my eighth grade year. I got to play that entire summer with the high school team. So my golf coach was actually also the uh, girls high school coach. Um, and so it was just, it was like, just so perfect. Like that summer 
was just like a pivotal moment for me because I had so much fun, of course, you know, playing with the older girls um, and just learning so much from them. Like I still remember walking down the fairways. Um, unfortunately, the golf course is no longer there anymore. But, you know, I vividly remember walking down the first fairway with them and just laughing and having a great time and learning from them. So it was really cool that I got that opportunity. And so you know, I worked my butt off and I, I played almost every single afternoon that whole eighth grade year. And my freshman year of high school, I ended up making the varsity team. So um, I got pretty good pretty quickly. And, you know, it was really because I just like found, I, I think I found my niche. Like I finally found my thing because with all the other sports and activities I was doing, um, I never really felt like I fit in. I never really, like, I felt like I was good, but I was never good enough to get the starring role or, you know, enough playtime yeah. or, you know, anything like that. So golf I realized one it was a social sport like I loved that I could like talk with my friends you know as we played and two I I realized that it was all up to me like it was it was up to me whether I got to play or not so I thought sure. that that was really cool about the game and so yeah made the varsity team my freshman year um played all four years absolutely loved it um you know my dad and I and we can talk about this get into this but my dad and I started butting heads in high school because my dad, um, and you know, we're on such great terms now, but you know, he wanted the best for me and he wanted me to do well because he had an opportunity to play in college and he decided not to. And looking back, like that's a decision that he totally regrets. So he definitely was hard on me, but um, you know, and there was times where he could probably could have backed off, but I think in the long run, it made me stronger. Um, but yeah, so I ended up, you know, my college recruiting was very interesting because I'm an only child. So as much as, you know, my parents did want me to play in college and, and I did as well, I really wanted to. Um, we just did not know how to go about it. So luckily we had like yeah. some, you know, family and friends to kind of help us navigate it. But like, we were just such rookies in that whole world. <laughs> um, yeah. that I, you know, looking back, I wish we, there was some sort of resource for us. So, you know, that's why I think this podcast is so great. Um, but, you know, so I ended up um, sending, you know, so many emails out to so many different college coaches. I think I probably sent out 50 different emails to 50 different sure. schools that I thought I might want to play at. And, you know, out of the 50 emails, like you probably only get like 10 back. Like you really, you really don't get all too many back. Like coaches are busy. Um, they kind of know what they want right off the get go. And sometimes they're gracious enough to reply back with a no. Um, but if you're lucky, they reply back with a like, let's hop on the phone. So um, sure. So I ended up, I talked to a few of them. Um, one of them was University of Nevada, Reno. Another one was UC Davis. Um, Reno, unfortunately, actually didn't end up working out. I verbally committed and then they ended up emailing me and saying they gave my spot away. <laughs> so that was kind of, oh, wow. that was a really big letdown. Um, and, yeah. and then UC Davis was kind of an option, but it was only an option for a walk on spot. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to risk walking on and not making it because this school is like $40,000 a year. So what happens right. if I don't make it? Um, and it also just, it didn't have the right major that I wanted. Um, so that was also kind of a bummer. Um, and even before that, I actually like had, you know, these big dreams of going to San Diego State. And um, I ended up, I was supposed to meet with the head coach um, at that time. And I ended up uh, meeting with the assistant coach because the head coach wasn't available. And unfortunately, like they just didn't give me the time of day. Their roster was full. And they really, we, 
we made my mom, my mom and I, my, my best friend, we made this trip down to San Diego just to look at this school and meet with this coach. And it ended up being a five minute meeting. So, you know, oh, wow. we just had just like kind of, you know, the run of the mill when it came to um, college recruiting. But I will say everything works out and everything happens for a reason because I ended up um, going to Sacramento State. So my, uh, through a mutual friend, um, we knew the golf coach there. And so I got to meet with him on campus and it was, and I had met him a couple of times before too. Um, and it, something just clicked and it totally felt right. And what's funny is Sacramento state was never on my radar because it's no joke, like 30 minutes away from my house, my parents' house. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I had these, you were trying to fly the coop oh, for sure. As an only child, I wanted to go, you know, far away, not too far. Cause I knew if I went across the country, I'd probably come back within the first year, but I knew I wanted some distance. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Sacramento state was not on my radar at that time. It was totally a commuter school. Um, and it wasn't like super great uh, as far as the golf team goes. Uh, so I just, it was not on my radar, but I met with a coach. I fell in love with the campus cause I'd never been on the campus before. And when I saw it and I was on the campus, I realized like, I just had that feeling, right. That gut feeling, like I knew it was right. Um, and yeah. th- thankfully it all worked out. Um, I love my coach. I still have a great relationship with him today. And, um, it's actually David Sutherland and he's, uh, he's brothers with Kevin Sutherland, who's still, um, on the senior tour and, and David himself yep. played for 10 years. So like I was taught by the very best, not just David, but Kevin and everyone that surrounds them. Um, and then I just made, you know, lifelong friends at Sac State. So I'm, I'm so happy and because of going to Sac State, I was able to meet my husband through mutual friends. So, um, yep. it totally all works out, but um, from, from there, I ended up, you know, I, I realized because going from high school to college, I was a big fish in a little pond. And then going to college, I was suddenly a small fish in a big pond. So mm-hmm. I, um, at Sacramento State, I didn't always get to travel. I didn't, you know, always make the starting five, which was hard. It was a really, really rough transition for me my freshman year. Um, I, yeah. I ended up getting the driver yips and I shouldn't even say that those words out loud, but um, <laughs> it totally like it was just played a huge like mental. It was a huge mental roadblock for me. Um, but, you know, like like I mentioned before, everything happens for a reason. And I, you know, realized probably my sophomore year, like, OK, I'm not traveling all the time. I'm not even, you know, let alone winning tournaments. So I probably like playing professionally probably isn't in the cards for me um, unless yeah. I want to, you know, grind my butt off 24 seven, which I really didn't want to have to put in all that extra work for, um, you know, for it to maybe work out. Um, mm-hmm. And I also like had dreams growing up of, of being on camera. Like, you know, I did musical theater when I was younger and I loved performing. Like I loved being on camera. I loved being on stage. So I knew that I kind of wanted to do something in the media realm. Um, you know, whenever I watch golf on TV, I feel like for the most part, I always watch the reporters and the announcers and the broadcasters more than I, yeah. like I pay attention to them more than I actually do watching the golf. And I, I pay attention to what the, you know, announcers say and, and all of that. So um, yeah, I decided, you know, kind of sophomore, junior year that playing professionally wasn't the cards for me, but media was, and I could still do golf media. And I had a dream of working for Golf Channel. So, you know, I ended up um, creating my golf blog my senior year, a couple months before I graduated. Um, and before, kind of before and during that, I was applying to every single internship and part-time job I could, I could possibly find in, you know, like the broadcast media realm and even even just some you know random golf companies 
but I didn't get like a single call back, a, like a single email back. And it was, it was rough. And I realized, you know, if you send your resume in, it kind of just goes into a dark hole. So that's why I created uh, my blog because I realized, you know, if no one's going to give me the opportunity, I have to give the opportunity to myself. So I decided, Definitely. I decided to, um, I got together with, um, uh, you know, a video production company and we made these, we made these, um, you know, kind of like fun and silly, but still informative videos reviewing golf product. And that's kind of how everything like took off for me. And I just networked like crazy in the golf industry. Uh, luckily one year at the PGA show, I met with some people at golf channel and I really did a ton for them on the back end. Like I was running social media campaigns for them, um, you know, doing everything, not even like getting on camera myself, but I kind of proved to them, you know, that I was loyal, that I really wanted it. And then I ended up getting the call um, a year later to be on shot makers. And then that's how everything all happened with, with golf channel. Yeah, you won that first season, Yeah, right? yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, it's so funny because we definitely, I don't think we're the favorites to win. Um, yeah. but, but it's funny, me and Brad, like my partner on the show, Brad Barnes, we went into it just like knowing that we were going to win it. Um, and I don't know what it was, but we had this great synergy. And I knew for me, you know, because my plan also in college was to go on big break and then to get onto golf channel, oh. golf channel that way. But they got rid of big break right before I graduated. Right. So I was like, what am I going to do now? What's my plan? <laughs> so then when I got the call for shop makers, like I just knew that it was like, that was going to be my big break. And um, yep. luckily it was, and I, I took the most of the opportunity. Yes, yeah, definitely worked out for you for <laughs> sure. I mean, now you're co-hosting the uh, golf channel school of golf right now. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We filmed um, four episodes so far and then, you know, this kind of this COVID-19 pandemic hit. So I don't know when I'll be back in the studio, but Hopefully it's yeah. soon. Yeah, luckily we got four episodes in so far. Good deal. Good deal. And then I know that you just launched uh, Nikki B Golf Academy as well, kind of, I think, as a result of everything that's going on right now, just, you know, trying to keep some things moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, definitely. So um, it's something that's been on my heart for a long time. Uh, you know, when I kind of started working for Golf Channel and even a little bit before that, I've had girls reach out to me just asking, you know, how to play in college, how to work in golf media. And so I've been mentoring girls um, for a, a, probably three or so years now. And I, so I knew at some point, like I was going to make a business out of it. I knew I'd create a, co yeah. a coaching program out of it. And so this time, like, it seemed like a no brainer. It was the perfect time to launch um, because especially I think the girls and, you know, not just girls, but everyone, like they need it more than ever right now because we've been, you know, thrown this curveball and um, kind of, I think there's a lot of players that need help navigating like, okay, what do I do now? Like, what do I put my focus in? How can I still get a college scholarship? How can I still get a job? How can I, you know, still do all these things and, and keep a positive mindset all the while, um, you know, their plan has kind of been thrown for a loop. So um, sure. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I mentor girls from high school age all the way through recent grads from college. And it's been awesome so far. I have some great clients already. And I'm just I'm so excited. Like it just it fires me up probably even more than being on camera. Um, I just yeah. I just love helping, you know, the younger generation because, you know, for me, like I wish my dad and my mom and I kind of had some help navigating this, you know, crazy world of junior golf, college golf and and all of that. So if I can just help one girl, I think it, you know, it just totally makes my day. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I obviously it's obviously you're passionate about it. So congratulations on getting that off the ground. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I definitely want to talk a little bit more about that, but I kind of want to go back to a couple of things and just maybe dig a little deeper if we could. Um, 
you're talking a little bit about kind of the relationship that you've got with your dad. And um, I had a similar experience when I was younger playing. I was a little bit younger uh, than high school when I had an experience where my dad maybe pushed it a little bit too far. Um, and, and it created a little bit of a challenging uh, situation in the short term for us, you know, just kind of working through those challenges. Can you maybe go into that a little bit deeper? Because I think that something that parents struggle with is, you know, how do I, how, how can I be a good support system for my child that's going through golf? And, you know, like you said, maybe they played in college, maybe they missed an opportunity to play in college. My dad mm-hmm. played at Ole Miss. Um, so really strong player uh, at the University of Mississippi in the SEC and, you know, wanted me to do well and maximize my potential there, but wanted me to have fun at the same time, just, you know, kind of didn't really know. I was the first child, didn't really know where to stop, maybe pushing the boundaries. But can you go into that um, situation a little bit deeper for us? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's something super important to talk about that we don't talk about enough. Um, and, you know, I, I will preface all of this by saying if, you know, if your parent is hard on you or if you're a parent and you're hard on your child, like. You just have to know it's because they care, right? And I think it's so hard to realize that in the moment, but it's because they care so much and they want so badly what's best for you. Um, For sure. It just, you know, sometimes gets a little uh, messy along the way. So um, I definitely, with me and my dad, uh, you know, he was, of course, super excited at first that I was playing and didn't really push me in any any bad way, but... um, starting when I, you know, he noticed that I was getting good and I had all this potential to play in college and even maybe one day play on the LPJ tour. I think he kind of got overly excited about it. And so he, um, he would definitely want to be my coach at times. And, you know, there was times I had to tell him like, dad, I have a coach. And I think that's the one thing for parents to know, like if you hire a swing coach or a mental coach or any sort of coach for your kid, like you need to let the coach do their job. And I think it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, hold back and not say anything, even if you think that, you know, you maybe see something in their swing that they could be, it's a quick, easy fix. You know, my dad would always try to give me those quick, easy fixes and he knew I would hit it immediately better if I did them. But you just have to reserve and try to hold it back as much as you can because the coach, I mean, hopefully if you hire the right one, like coaches usually know what they're doing and, you know, you hire them for a reason. So it takes time, like swing changes take take time. So I think the one thing is you got to be patient and you got to learn how to just bite your tongue in certain situations as hard as it may be. Um, But, you know, my dad and I, we were pretty good up until kind of, I think the end of my high school career. And then uh, my freshman year of college is really when we just like totally, butted heads and like I I thought we like were I thought it was going to ruin our relationship um you know and there would be times like we would drive home from tournaments and he wouldn't say a word to me kind of like those types of things and (laughs) you know looking looking back on them I can laugh now but in the moment like they were they were very hard on me and so I think the one thing is and I do a lot of um reading in sports psychology now and it's super super important to always be positive with your child. Like you have to have good, positive self, like, you know, um, words of affirmation with your child uh, because they pick up the littlest, tiniest things. If you make, you know, any certain movement on the golf course that seems angry or anything like that, like it definitely takes a toll on them. So um, definitely with, you know, the the kids' self-talk and their confidence and their positivity, it also, you know, 
you have to remember that it starts with you too. And it starts with whoever is around them. So like yeah. verbal persuasion and, you know, those positive things like, you know, you can do it or your swing looks good or like you got this, like those little things as cliche as they are, are super important and, 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 you know, super pivotal for um, a, a kid's mindset, especially, you know, in these, in these young years, they're formative years, like this is where we're growing and um, developing our self-confidence. So it's really important that we always stay positive. And I know it's super, super hard. So maybe like for the parents listening out there, like have someone else, um, you know, have an adult friend that you can kind of like vent to um, if you need to, because you can't let it out in front of your kid. You just, you just can't. Um, yeah. But in my freshman year, um, there was actually, it was our last tournament of the fall season and it was in Hawaii. So my parents went, um, you know, they made a vacation out of it and they came out to watch and, um, and I didn't play so well. The weather also wasn't that great, but I just remember like that was my breaking point. And my mom, thank goodness for my mom. She is a saint. She had to tell my dad. Um, and she, she like, I guess, you know, on that trip, you know, I, I found this out later, but she kind of like looked him in the eye and she said, if you don't quit how you're acting now, she will never have the same relationship with you ever again. Yeah. And she will never do anything with golf ever again, because you will taint her love of the game. And so when she said that, it was kind of like a wake up call for my dad. And it was like a big epiphany. And I think it, it was different coming from someone else. Right. And, sure. you know, I, I said things sometimes, but like when my mom said it and she was serious and stern about it, you know, she's little, she's like five foot three, but she is feisty and she is strong. And when <laughs> she says something, she means it. So um, it, it was definitely, I, you know, thank her for doing that because it was after that tournament, my dad realized, you know, he has to back off and I will say it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't perfect right away. It took time, um, but we made the necessary steps to, you know, get to a better place. And, and it really came down to, it was, you know, a two-way street. It was also on my end too, like having good, like two-way communication. Like I needed to make sure that I was also telling him the truth and speaking up when he did something that, you know, maybe hurt my feelings or maybe yeah. that I didn't like or whatever. So I think it definitely just takes like good communication from both sides um, in order to, you know, in order to avoid those of unnecessary fights or unnecessary little pitfalls in your relationship. But, yeah. um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you, you can push them. There's nothing wrong with like, helping them, you know, get a little more discipline, get a little more motivation. Um, but you definitely know when it crosses the line, like you can, you have that gut feeling, you know, when it crosses the line. And um, I think it's, it's good to have a little bit of, you know, push a little bit, but definitely everything has to be positive. Everything has to be um, uplifting and upbeat. And you just have to be open with each other, open and honest um, when anything, you know, anything goes wrong, or maybe not even something that, the parent does or the kid does just like how they're feeling, you know, about something that happens. Um, I think it's just really important to, to do that. And luckily my dad and I do that now and we're great. And we're so awesome on the golf course now. Like I can yeah. finally take, take some swing tips from him. Uh, you know, we can play well together. We just played at Pebble, which was awesome. And, and it was a great time. So we finally have gotten to the place where it's like, it's fun. It's never like, I'm never, you know, afraid of what he's going to think or say, which is good. Sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And sometimes, you know, I mean, like, I think you kind of said that, you know, parents don't really even understand maybe that they've gotten to that point. Like I know when my, when it happened between my dad and I, I was maybe like 10 or 11 years old and I just kind of looked at him while we were on the golf course and said, 
I don't want to play golf with you anymore. And he was like, mm-hmm. Ooh, like, what did I do? Like it, to him, it was like, well, that's out of left field, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't It's kind of something I guess that had been building a little bit and manifesting. So um, yeah, sometimes you don't even realize, or I've been on the course, you know, following players and, you know, I watch a player miss a putt and dad takes his hat off and maybe just kind of not even very hard, but just kind of like smacks his leg or something like that. But then yep. you know, they hit a good shot and there's no reaction, but that kid's still looking for a reaction. Mm-hmm. So it's just those little things, those yes. mannerisms that as a parent, and I'm not one, so I don't really know what it's like to be in those shoes a hundred percent, but I've had a lot of conversations with parents, um, good and bad in these scenarios. And, you know, I think that the more we can try or not we, cause I'm not a parent, but the more that parents can try to, you know, just have a good understanding of how they are acting. If, like you said, if they have a sounding board or something like that, then, you know, it could be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so important. You mentioned that I, 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 w- I should have mentioned that because that was also the biggest thing with my dad is, you know, the nonverbal cues speak louder than your words, like your actions yeah. speak louder than your words. And your kid is always looking at you every time you hit a shot, even if it's a good shot, bad shot, whatever it is, they're looking at you and for your reaction. I remember I actually had a golf coach who told me they were, they were out watching me as well. And, and, um, or maybe we were out on the, um, on the driving range, but he looked at me and he said, stop looking at your dad. And I, (laughs) I, 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 it was kind of, you know, they called me out. I didn't even realize it was happening. And I, I said, what, what do you mean? And they said, stop looking at your dad. You're looking at your dad after every shot for validation. Like yep. your dad, yes, he's over there watching, but this is between you and me right now. Mm. And that kind of like was a wake up call for me. Like I, and that's when I kind of realized, oh my gosh, like a lot of my validation in my golf game is, is from like based on my dad. And I need to have, you know, figure out what my internal motivators are, what my reasons for playing golf are not because I want to impress my dad and play well. So Definitely for the parents out there, make sure you are very aware of your non-verbal cues. And then also for the kids, find like your why. Find why you love golf, why you want to play golf, um, and try to figure out what your internal motivators are, not why you want to play well because you want to impress mom or dad. Yeah, I really love that. That's great advice. Um, Yeah, I mean, you've you've got to figure out why you're playing the game and what what -hmm. gets you out there every single time, you know. Um, That's definitely going to help for sure. Um, can you talk a little bit about, let's go back and talk about just playing multiple sports. So I'm, I know you said when you started playing golf, you didn't really like it very much at all. In fact, you said <laughs> you hated it. Um, you were playing multiple sports at the time. Can you kind of talk about, you know, did those other sports do something for you? Uh, you know, a lot of times parents struggle with, you know, when should I let my kid just go all in on one sport? You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, tasting a lot of different things. Um, one, because I think it helps you find your passion. Like I think, you know, it did for you, but then two, you know, you can build some other skills through different sports, um, that when you ultimately land where you want to, um, in the sport of, you know, golf specifically, we're talking about here, you know, those other sports can help you, uh, you know, with some of those cross training things. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's super, super important, like you said, to try a variety of different sports and continue to play them. Um, You know, I think especially depending on the age, but I think that you can balance playing multiple sports at once um, because the good the thing about golf now is golf is a very like athlete driven sport nowadays. Like, you know, I think back 
years ago, it wasn't, you know, golfers weren't necessarily considered athletes, but now, I mean, you have all the guys, DJ Brooks, like, you know, Rory, like everyone's, they're not just working hard on the golf course, but they're working hard in the gym or they're working hard, you know, like you said, cross training, doing other things. So I think it's super important to continue to play multiple sports. Um, And I think even through high school, I think maybe at some point, uh, you know, middle of high school, maybe sophomore, junior year, kind of like kind of once the college recruiting uh, time happens, maybe that's when you focus solely on one sport. But I think, too, what I mean, even if you stop playing, say, you know, for your school team or for the, you know, for the league outside of outside of school, Um, you know, the traveling team, you can still play those sports for fun, right? Like you can still go out on the weekends with your friends and play basketball. You can still, um, you know, maybe play in like adult soccer leagues or whatever. Um, But I think it's super important to definitely stay, stay and make sure you're a well-rounded athlete because it'll help you dramatically with your golf game. I notice it with, you know, the girls that I work with, the ones that play multiple sports, are the ones who hit it further, are the ones who are able to carry their bags 18 holes and not be fatigued after. So I think it's super important for, um, for, for, you know, young golfers to continue to play multiple sports. And, um, you know, the one thing too, I talk about, you know, once you, once you play in college, it may be different. You can't, you know, necessarily play golf and basketball for your school. You can really only play one. Uh, some people do play multiple sports and kudos to them. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I said, you can still join like, you know, schools have um, schools have their, you know, adult leagues or their rec leagues or whatever. So you can totally join those and just play the other sports for fun on your off seasons um, just to make sure you're still like keeping up and, um, and, and making sure you're, you know, doing all the cross training things. So I definitely think it's important to play multiple sports and I'm happy I did. And I personally wish I would have kept playing them longer. Um, I think I still should have stuck with basketball, even though I wasn't getting a lot of play time. It was probably, you know, great, like endurance training, great cardio training, great teamwork. Um, sure. But yeah, so I definitely, I definitely think continue them as long as you can. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about like the fitness side of it, you know, the fitness training has changed so much over the years too. I mean, I think what multiple, you know, with playing other sports, you're not only, you know, learning different skills and teamwork and stuff like that, but um, you're learning how to, you know, make different moves and understand more about your body and those types of things, which, you know, you look at movement training now versus like just isolating different muscles and stuff like that, which I think historically was kind of the stigma with, um, with lifting or with working out. And that's why golfers were maybe hesitant, but there are so many workouts out there that train movements and, you know, your body patterns and different stuff like that, that I don't think you can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, fitness is just a huge part of it too. I think where as golf grows and is just progressing, it's, you know, not just about your golf game, but it's about fitness and the mental side too. And I, I don't think that was talked about as much when I was, when I first started playing, but now it's like, it's all over the place. We're talking about golf fitness and golf mental game, you know, Mm -hmm. way, way more than we used to. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, Well, tell us a little bit about how that incorporates into what you're doing with the golf Academy. Yeah. So um, basically what it is, it's a mindset coaching and mentorship program. Um, and it kind of is just, it's different based on what the, the young 
college golfer or, or high school golfer or recent grad needs. Cause of course a high school golfer is going to need different, different things than a recent grad might need. So, um, so basically it's just a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Um, I'm, that's what I'm starting out with right now. And we talk about like a bunch of different things, everything from goal setting, you know, self-talk and confidence, imagery and mental rehearsal, um, you know, discipline, leadership, like all those different things. So it's more so, um, you know, we talk a little bit about stuff on the golf course. Um, usually for my high school clients, obviously I'm talking to them more so about things to do on the golf course because sure. um, they're kind of, you know, they're still learning, but then for a college athlete, they probably don't need my help as much. They've been doing this for years. They have all their coaches. They're good in that realm. But for them, it's more so, okay, what's next after college? Am I going to play professionally? Am I going to get a real job? How can I, you know, start goal setting? How can I, you know, do different things in order to prepare myself um, for the next step ahead? And then for recent grads, it's, it's kind of just a lot about, um, you know, helping them with their resume building, finding jobs, um, kind of figuring out, I guess, figuring out their purpose in life and just kind of being someone there for them. Because um, I think, you know, when you when you graduate college, you're just out in the real world and, you know, your whole life, you've been told what to do, you've had a set schedule, and then you get out into the real world and you realize like, oh, this is all up to me now, like, and you kind of need some direction. <laughs> so um, it definitely yeah. is different um, to, you know, depending on who, who my client is. Um, but it's, it's awesome. I have so much fun doing it. Um, I'm hoping the original goal with starting this academy actually was to do a one week in person academy this summer. Obviously, I don't know how that's going to pan out. And I'm guessing that that's not going to happen. So that's why yeah. I decided to do the one on one coaching. Um, but with the one week academy, I would like to at some point um, launch a one week academy where um, my my goal and my hope is to get it fully funded, um, you know, because the thing with academies, like I wish I could have done them. Uh, when I was younger, when I was in high school, but you know, my parents, like they did pretty well, but like they could not afford, you know, a one week academy for thousands and thousands of dollars and, you know, send sure. me off to wherever. So I would like to hopefully make it, um, kind of like a scholarship based program, uh, where girls can apply and then they'll, they'll get a, you know, a free academy out of it. Um, and my academy would more so be like the whole mindset part of it. Um, there would be some, golf incorporated in it some fitness incorporated in it because obviously those are important <laughs> for playing the sport um, <laughs> for sure. but, the, but the biggest thing is the mindset part of it um because i know looking back if i spent more time on my mindset and if i if i had someone who explained it in, to me in a way that i could understand i think i would have been you know 10 steps ahead um my dad actually did set me up with a mindset coach at, at one point in my in my high school career. And I just remember, you know, after, after meeting with him, I looked at my dad in the car and I was like, I have no idea what he just said to me for the past <laughs> hour. <laughs> so you're you wasting know, because, your money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because sometimes, you know, sports psychology and, and I, I didn't major in it. I don't have a degree in it. I, you know, nothing like that, but um, you know, sports psychology can be very confusing. Um, sure. So it's kind of, you know, kind of like, almost dumbing it down in a way or making it just easier and simpler to understand, um, I think is super important. And for golf, like it's golf is such a mental game, as I know, you know, and everyone listening to this podcast knows it's yeah. so mental. And I think we need to spend more time working on our mental game. Um, because yeah, you can, you can spend all your time, you know, on the driving range, making sure your swing looks good, making sure, you know, you, you have a, like, you can make a four footers under pressure, but like, you know, 
practicing a four footer on the putting green is way different than when you're out on the golf course and like all those thoughts are running through your head. So how do you navigate that? So um, I definitely just, I love the mental game. Um, I, and I love helping others with it too. Um, So yeah, so hopefully it'll turn into something where I can have an in-person academy and then hopefully I would like to do like, you know, weekend workshops. And then also I'm thinking, about now starting like group, um, group coaching, because I think it's important to um, kind of get, you know, girls associated with each other, and they can form their own friendships and mentorships uh, within the group. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited about it. I love it so much. And I think it's definitely I kind of saw a need for it. There's not a ton out there right now. Uh, yep. That, you know, so yeah, so it's fun. So if anyone's interested, I, I, have, I have plenty of openings for clients. There you go. Where do they find you at? <laughs> Um, so they can follow it. It's Nikki B Academy on Instagram. Um, and I have a little application form on there. It's just a, it's not an application form. It's just a questionnaire for a get to sure. know you before we set up the first call. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I, my clients are so awesome and we're already seeing, you know, great improvements and it's, it's fun. So yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at Nikki B Academy. And then you can also just send me a message on my personal Instagram, Nikki B golf. Yep. Yep. Good deal. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many parallels from the game of golf to life. Right. And so it just, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're, you're tying a lot of that stuff in for young ladies to just, you know, obviously learn and excel in their golf game, but you know, there's an element of, you know, what's going on afterwards and, you know, how do I prepare? And, you know, there's a lot of people that go into golf thinking that I'm going to play at the highest level from a college perspective and I'm going to go make a living and playing. And uh, it's not to say that that won't happen, but it's not going to happen for everybody. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity to still find your passion in the game, um, in the real world, as you say, you know, out there. So it sounds like a good opportunity to, to find, follow some of that as well. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you know, I, I think the one thing for girls is to realize, you know, you don't have to play professional golf to keep golf in your life. I think that was the one thing for me. And, um, as athletes, we just identify ourselves. If we play golf, we identify ourselves as golfers, like that's who we are. And so, I think it's really hard for girls to lose that if they, you know, if they know they're not going to turn pro um, and even the girls that do decide to turn pro, like maybe there's something in the back of their minds, like a little voice in the back of their minds that say like, you know, I don't think that this is what I actually want to do. Um, sure. And, but we have this like athlete identity crisis because that's how we've been known for, you know, a majority of our life. So I think, you know, hopefully I can help some girls navigate kind of how to, um, you know, how to prepare for it and how to realize that you are a multidimensional person. You have, you know, multiple passions and multiple skills and you can use the skills that you've learned from golf and apply them to, um, you know, whatever it is that you may end up doing. And I, um, you know, and you can still keep golf in your life. You can still play for fun on the weekends. You can still work in the golf industry, but you don't necessarily have to be an actual competitive golfer to call yourself a golfer. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, are you still involved with the first tee? I know that I saw that you were, um, I believe, on the board in Sacramento. Is that correct? Actually, I have a call with the first tee right after this, uh, funny enough. But I um, am still involved with the first tee. I played the first tee growing up, and I think it's such a great um, organization for kids when they're you know, first starting out or when they're experienced golfers. They just have a bunch of different programs. Um, that are really important for kids but you know I'm hopping on a call with them later because they're not able to get together in person right now the the courses are open but I think we can't still you know congregate in big groups like that so 
Um, So hopefully I can give them, you know, some advice and kind of spark their interest about golf again, because I'm sure that it's been kind of a drag not being able to get out on the course with their friends lately. But um, yeah, and I'm a part of this. And basically what we do is we put on events to raise money for the first tee of greater Sacramento. So um, we are, yeah. So we're not necessarily like on the board of the first tee, but we're kind of like a sub board group that, um, and we're actually, the cool thing is most of us that are on the group on our emerging leaders board um, played in the first tee. So I think, yeah, pretty much almost all of us played in the first tee ourselves. So it's been really fun to give back and, and, you know, we get, we have fun getting together and, and we're doing it for a good cause, which is awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah, we um, with the tournament, the Corn Ferry event that I'm involved with in the Sarasota Lakewood Ranch, Florida area, uh, we partner with the First Tee in some capacities also. And it's it's good to get out there and see the kids, you know, learn some different stuff about golf, but also just, you know, about life and different skills and those types of things, too. So really good organization for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, their skills programs are just awesome. And then, you know, they have the the uh, tournament at Pebble Beach that you can play at that you have to, you know, I think apply for, which is so cool. So they just do a lot of things for the kids, like kind of like what we're talking about. It's not just about the golf, but it's about kind of forming the person over, you know, as an overall person rather than just a golfer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I want to move towards wrapping up. Just want to be respectful of your time, but um, is there anything else that you would share you know, just for advice purposes with uh, young players that are out there or, or even parents that maybe we haven't talked about? Yeah, I mean, I think the kind of two things that I always love and kind of make sure that it's like my biggest message to people is the first one is create your own path. I think it's, and I kind of touched on this earlier, you know, with my journey um, going from, you know, college to the real world. Um, But I think it's super important. And especially during this time right now, um, life will throw you curveballs. So you have to uh, be proactive, you have to go out there and create opportunities for yourself. Um, you know, you kind of have to unfortunately, at times, like, be brave and be bold enough to reach out to someone for an opportunity or reach out to someone just for a conversation. Um, you know, especially when you go on to graduating college and going on to get a job or, or something like that. But yeah. You know, if you if you want something, um, the answer is always going to be no if you don't ask. So I definitely think it's important to you, to just create the opportunities for yourself and create your own path. I think you know, for really any career, I mean, um, unless you maybe want to become a doctor or something like that, but right. there's really no one way to get to where you want to be and get to your end goal. So I think it's really really important to just create your own path and. Um, and just, you know, just, just be proactive in it. And then the second thing kind of going along with that is just know that nobody has it figured out. You know, a lot of people, especially with like, I think kids kind of growing up with this whole social media world today, it looks like everyone has it figured out on social media. You see their highlight reel, but in reality, nobody has it figured out. You know, there's still 50, 60 year olds who still don't know what they want to do with their lives. (laughs) So I think it's super important that, you know, don't look at someone's like only their successes and only their achievements. You know, there's a lot of other things that you don't see uh, that I think, um, you know, we just, we don't see and we don't realize. So I think definitely just know nobody has it figured out and it's okay. Just take your time, be patient, stay the course. And, um, you know, just, just have faith that it'll all work out. Yeah. I know I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Right. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I think those are two great pieces of advice because, 
you know, and if you can create your own path around something that you're super passionate about, right. It, it, it becomes a little bit easier. It's still going to be hard work, but mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, it's something that you enjoy doing, which, you know, obviously you and I are doing some, you know, doing stuff in golf that we really love uh, makes it a little bit easier putting in all the hours. Right. Um, and then, yeah, definitely nobody has it figured out. That's for sure. So um, <laughs> two great points there. Well, something that I do at the end of the show that uh, kind of helps us wrap up is ask you as the guest to uh, do a little bit of a role reversal and just uh, throw a question or two back at me. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. What questions do I have for you? Um, let's see. What would you tell your 14 year old self? Ooh. <laughs> um, what would I tell my 14 year old self? Well, it's something I've talked about recently actually, but, uh, I think it's probably a good answer for this question. I, I butted heads a lot with, uh, I guess I rebelled against my parents a lot growing up. And so, uh, which I think a lot of kids do, but, right. um, you know, I'm kind of going through, I, I actually did a live Instagram last week, uh, with an instructor that I used to work with at IMG. And we were talking about, uh, this mental toughness program that I'm doing. And I've watched my dad, go through some of uh, the same things that I'm going through for his whole life, meaning, you know, consistent workouts and reading and just all these different things that I'm applying in this journey that I'm on right now. And I would have just told myself to, to suck it up and take the advice and actually pay <laughs> more attention to what he's doing because it would have saved myself a little bit of time for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I kind of, I took a little while to come around on that, but and my dad and I have always had a good relationship, but, um, there were some things that I kind of just, just because dad said to do it, um, I didn't. And so I could have probably, uh, handled that a little bit better as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. That's so good. Um, and then my next question, I actually asked this on my podcast, um, at the very end, we do a, like a rapid fire. And this is usually the question that we end with. Okay. So if, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Oh, just be happy. <laughs> just do something that's going to make you happy. Um, I, you know, I think, I think that we try to, you know, make a lot of other people happy or, or, or look at us and not necessarily show off, but, you know, paint this picture of, you know, we're all, we all got really good, you know, lives and really good things going for us. And I think sometimes it can be detrimental um, to how people are actually perceived and how they're actually feeling. So I would say do something that makes you happy and try not to worry about what other people think. Love it. So good. Yeah, cool. Uh, Well, Nikki, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you chatting with me. Yes, thank you. I had such a great time and I, I appreciate it. And I love what you're doing. It's so needed right now. So hopefully, uh, you know, I helped at least one person, whoever's listening to this. I hope I helped one person. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. All right. Well, guys, that wraps up episode 39 of Junior Golf Keys this week with our guest, Nikki B. I hope you guys were able to take away some good value from this chat. Um, You know, really excited to have her on 
and uh, really appreciative of her time as well as she shared some value about you know her journey and hopefully you guys are able to take away some pieces of that that can help you navigate yours so i really appreciate you tuning in as i always ask if you took any value away from this episode please like it please share it please leave a review also make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we've got coming up and i hope you join me next week for another episode of junior golf keys